Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. You'll take this podcast and you'll grow this into a TV show, a series, right? Mm -hmm. But this, you know, the idea comes in having people that really, you know, start to see exactly what your vision is, and then you insisting upon that, like insisting on, insisting upon what it is that you dream about and try how you make that come true. And so, you know, for me, all these opportunities, all of them were strategic. They were strategic kind of pushes and things that I look for, and I look for the right opportunities for me to go and be as authentically me in the space without necessarily trying to get the money first. Hot breath. Hey, hot brethren and sisterin. Welcome back to the Hot Breath Podcast. This is your weekly guide to comedy mastery. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and you are tuning in to a perfect episode. We are celebrating our four-year anniversary with this one right here. Yeah, go ahead and give it up. We out here. Thank you. Thank you. My wife and dog booing me from the other room. If this is your first time tuning in, we have almost 200 episodes for you to dive into after this one. This is the Inside the Actor Studio for Comedy. This is the only podcast you can get those behind-the-scenes stories of journeys of comedians like we're interviewing today. All I ask, if you enjoy this episode, if you find it entertaining, if you find it educational, share it, and most importantly, reach out to my guest on social media. Hit him up on Twitter. Hit him up on Instagram. Let him know how helpful this episode was and that his time was very well spent because this episode is the prime example of the power of this community, of this network we've been building over the past four years. Because I heard said was going to be in the area. I made a social media post and was like, hey, Tags said if you want to hear him on the show. Two days later, he's on the show. So thank you to everyone that really helped make this possible. Just know that your engagement does not go unnoticed. I love hearing from you wherever you are. I mean, we've had people reach all the way from Australia and India and Ireland, United States and Canada. Like this has become a global comedy network and it's because of your engagement that makes that happen. And this episode we are jumping into right now is a prime example of what happens when we can work together. So to many more of episodes like this and for all of you tuning in for the first time, on behalf of the hot breath welcome aboard. You are now hot brethren and sistren. So onward we go into this interview. I'll see you in the outro. And with all that being said, there is only one thing left to do. And that is inhale a hot breath. With Cedric. The Entertainer. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. All right, let me give you an intro. All right, Hot Breathverse, welcome back to the Hot Breath Podcast. This is your weekly guide to comedy mastery. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers, and today's guest 
is not only a master of stand-up comedy, he's a master of the business, even just overall creativity. Some of you may know him as Cheerio. Some of you may know him as Cedric Antonio. But how we know him, most of all, is Cedric the Entertainer. Yes, Welcome 100. to the show, my man. Cheerio. I didn't steal your chain either. Uh, yeah, I didn't steal the Cheerio yeah, somebody chain. Somebody stole a chain, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody got a Cheerio chain. It's class, class. Yeah, so, I mean, just to, just to dive right into this, this is all about comedy mastery. Um, what is... What is that early hustle you you back in like St. Louis with like Lavelle Crawford? You were doing like Sanford's, I think it yeah. was called. What is that early grind like of the comedy? For you know, you? I mean, of course, you know, back then it was really all the um, white comedy clubs is how you got put on. So it was okay. the, you know the improvs and the funny bones and the catch a rising stars and uh, those kind of clubs were the places where you got put on. And so then. In the uh, late 80s, early 90s, it started to be this kind of uh, surgence of um, uh, black comedy, urban comedy popping up all around. And so places like that, like Sanford's in St. Louis and the Comedy Act Theater and all these places started to be a thing where, you know, you would go and get more time, an opportunity to become uh, a bigger star. And so those kind of places were where you would go Wednesday nights and be able to get on and mm -hmm. rock do 30 minutes, 20, you know, 20, 30 minutes and, and with, a, um, with someone that's, uh, you know, in a crowd where you felt comfortable to just try things that felt right. authentic to you. So. Yeah. And that's something you've said is like yeah. the, the funniest stuff has like the heart behind it. Yeah. It's like how, how can comedians inject more heart into their comedy? I mean, I mean, for the key of it is really to be paying attention to uh, as much as you can to what you what you're dealing with when you're writing a joke, when okay. that joke is so that you that you're really honest with what you're putting out on stage and not necessarily looking just for the punchline, but looking for the thing that makes people relate to the joke. And so that's when you, that's what you say by putting heart in the joke. It's one of those things that people think that everything is so personal, their own personal problems, but when they say them, others can relate to it in a personal way. It might not be their exact problem, but, or issue or whatever, but they can relate to it in a personal way. And so, you know, the more detail, the more you're willing to reveal, you know, you'll see some of the great comics. They give you the really direct truths, you know, and, you know, and then there's others that just have a, you know, brand and make you come out and laugh or whatever. But, you know, that's that's the key to being an independent writer, I say, and an independent, you know, um, comic that's on that stage that people go, oh, I like what you do. Yeah, and I like you use the word brand because that's something you have just mastered in this game and you being so diverse in your business all the way from stand-up to voiceover work and video games to like Broadway. So yeah. like this this branding aspect of a comedian, what kind of branding tips do you have for a comedian? I mean, you know, and again, it's the, the key thing is that, you know, you have to be able to listen to your audience and, mm. and and your fan base and really see what they really like about you and then try to hone into those things and, and, and then make them sharper and crisper. Uh, it takes a you know, it takes a village to build something up in you know, in a way that, you know, you know, again, like you'll take this podcast and you'll grow this into a TV show, a series, right? Mm -hmm. But there's the you know, the idea comes in 
having people that really, you know, start to see exactly what your vision is, and then you insisting upon that, like insisting on, insisting upon what it is that you dream about and try how you make that come true. And so, you know, for me, all these opportunities, opportunities to be on um, on the Broadway stage, opportunities to go from just, not just stand up into television and from television to movies, all of them was strategic. They were strategic kind of mm -hmm. pushes and things that I look for, and I look for the right opportunities for me to go and be as, authentically me in the spaces and safe without necessarily trying to get the money first, you know? And you've always, yeah, in thinking of the money, you've always followed your instincts, even to the point like, you took on barbershop that paid less than, like you got offered like Mike, which paid more, but you right. took barbershop, which took less. And even in your instinct and your opportunities, how you met Steve Harvey, you drive 10 hours to Dallas, show gets canceled, Steve just happened to be host of the show, and then now, boom, comedy history is made. Exactly. How, is that like how your career has gone? It's like follow your instinct, and that leads you to these unknown opportunities. Yeah, I mean, from the very beginning, like I was a, you know, I was a claims adjuster for State Farm, mm -hmm. and I had the job, and you know, I wanted to, I started doing comedy pretty much at the same time, so it took me three years to be able to feel comfortable enough to leave my job, but then, you know, the funny bones at that time, they gave me uh, dates as an opening act. So, you know, they had 22 clubs. You can do it twice a year. That was 44 dates. I was like, all right, cool. It's not, you know, it's not good money. Doesn't come with benefits, but it was security, right? It was right. a number that I can hang my hat on and be like, all right, cool. Mm -hmm. So that was my approach to it. And then, but within that year, you know, I meet Steve Harvey. Uh, we have a synergy. Um, you know, the Def Jam start blowing up, BET Comics View, all these opportunities for us to be authentically black on television. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and now that started to be big business in and of itself. So everybody would throw a comedy jam. Anybody in the world could throw a comedy jam. But, you know, if you were a decent name, you can come to a town and, you know, and demand five, six, eight thousand dollars for one night. So, you know, that was, for those yeah, days. yeah, that's man. Be nice. so that was legendary. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so, you know, that was a really great time. But again, timing was everything. It wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't like that was provided to too many comics beforehand. Them, even guys like Steve mainly worked the comedy club circuit and built their way up to become, you know, headliners and work the clubs and do eleven shows a week and you oh, know the yeah, whole thing. The grind. You know? Yeah. And part of that grind is like epic failures or epic bombs on stage and yeah. every every comic I ask on here I ask them a story of getting booed on stage or just yeah. epic failure I know you've been in like Memphis and you've gotten a fight you've had to yeah. give people back their money yeah. in some show yeah. is yeah. there one that stands out that you just like I'll never forget this moment you know the toughest one for me like I gotta you know admit probably the toughest one was in New York and it was for a, like an industry showcase and I was oh, there perfect. and it was one of them, you know, one of them ones where you feel like you're going to try to write jokes for the audience, right? So you're going to try right. to change your yourself to fit them and I bombed. I mean, I walked up and bombed and it was like a horrible feeling and Steve was there actually, Harv was there and he literally walked on stage after me and I mean, it's, it's this corporate environment. He cussed they ass <laughs> out. Oh, and, the audience. And they were dying. Like, they just loved the fact that he was just real. Like, and it was right. just like, and he was like, you know, you sitting there, man, you're little, I'm just one of the funniest dudes in the world, blah, blah, blah. He just letting them have it, boom, boom, boom. And that's when he was like, don't go, dude. And he just basically, like, don't ever change, man. Just do you. 
If mm. that don't work, then it don't work. But don't try to fit in, like, you know. So Big that lesson. was one of the most valuable lessons I took. I mean, of course, you know, took some L's at many different times, you know. Yeah, we all have. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the business, you know. Right. I mean, it is that. So, But uh, it was one that, that that particular lesson was one that I was like, okay, I can use that one. Yes. All right. And we're, uh, we're running out of time here, so... Appreciate your time and even doing this before your show here. Yeah, for sure. Just in closing here, is there any other closing advice you have for comedians over your entire career you can kind of bestow on them? <laughs> My, you know, the main thing is always try to get as much stage time as you can. I mean, mm. a lot of times people just want to make it, and they have a couple of jokes, and they, and they kill it whenever they go on stage, and they believe, like, that's all that it takes, but... Really, the more that you sharpen your knife, your, your machete, whatever it is that you, when you're on that stage mm -hmm. and have that ability to walk out there, uh, is something that I, you know, always recommend that people just, and you know, don't try to make the money first. You know, Boom. try to, try to be great at what you do first. You know, and then even to this day, I mean, as you can tell, I mean, you can hear from the roar of laughters in the background. <laughs> I, I have a tendency of putting really sharp comics on oh, in front yeah. of me so yeah. that I ha have to go out there and put in the work. Because right. these guys, you know, that's what happens. You can get, you can become a pro and get a little lazy and, and have the expectations of fame. But when people spend their money, they want to laugh. And they want to laugh for real. And so I try to put myself in a situation where you have to go in there and do the work. Like it's, these guys, these both Henry and JJ, these yep. dudes are... They out there throwing rocks at the crowd ah. right now, like shit. <laughs> so, so, but uh, but that's it. I mean, yeah. just stay encouraged, stay working, stay in your mindset, and try to stay free of uh, you know independency. Trying to like write things and be true to yourself and. Mm. Look for the comedy and the humor and the things that happen to you in life. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Cedric the Entertainer, um, as a closing remark, would you mind looking into the camera and let people know who you are and why they should listen to Hot Breath? Hey, what's up, y'all? Cedric the Entertainer, one of the original kings of comedy. You can check out my show, The Neighborhood, on CBS this fall on Monday nights at 8. Been doing this thing a long time, and this is the reason you should check out Hot Breath. One, your breath is hot. My man, thanks yeah, for being yeah, on the show, yeah, buddy. Right, this is, that was amazing. All right, cool. All right, Hot Breath Averse, Cedric the Entertainer. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, this episode was possible because you were willing to share, because you were willing to engage. So if you did find this episode helpful, educational, if you found it entertaining, if you connected with this episode on some level, Share this with other people you think would enjoy it and reach out to Sed on social media. Let him know how helpful this episode was. I cannot undervalue the importance of that. If you don't share it, if you don't subscribe to our YouTube, if you don't go to the website, if you do one thing in appreciation of all the work that goes into this show for four years now, Sharing this with Sed and letting him know he was helpful is the best way. But if you would like to also support the show, like I said, we're celebrating four years of this podcast existence this week. So I'm doing blog posts all week, sharing the behind-the-scenes stories of my favorite episodes. Almost 200 I've been having to comb through. So go to hotbreathpodcast.com. It's also a great resource if you can check out other blog posts and other episodes and... There's a place for you to pick up your own hot breath merch, as well as a place to, if you just 
appreciate the work that's been put into this. There's a little donate button in the top right. You can just click on no donation is too small, but I can tell you every cent really does make a difference. And it feels good that you're seeing your investment returned with episodes like this. So we're only going up from here. If you want to meet me, if you want to work together, joelbyerscomedy.com is my website. I'm actually building a tour right now for October to celebrate my new album release. So if any of you are interested in having the tour come through your town, reach out to me and let's see what we can work out. I want to connect with more of you. So many of you reach out. So this is the episode to reach out, to connect, to share, and to help us take this community to the next level. So if this is your first time listening and you're like, I just want to hear a sexy entertainer interview. Well, on behalf of of the Hot Breathiverse. You are now official Hot Brethren and Sistren. We are so excited to have you. If you want to connect with other listeners from around the world, there's a secret Facebook group called the Hot Breath Comedy Network. You can go on there, search it, and then start connecting with other listeners, including me, from around the world. But that being said, I don't want to take up any more of your time, but I appreciate all the support you're showing. And here we go. So at the end of all these, you may know for four years, I have thanked my wife at the end of every single one. She made the theme song and she made me. So thank you to my wife who is staring at me from across the room with the dog. Like, when is the dog going to start a podcast and not your silly comedy podcast? So all that being said, thank you, honey. Thank you that are listening at home. She said, don't call me honey. I'm sorry, dear. She... Anyway, she's tired from work or whatever she calls it. So, all that being said, every Monday we're releasing new episodes. So, until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.